Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hey there, I got an incredible show for you today. Kathleen Sinclair stops by. This is a woman that earned her master's degree at 60 years old. She joined the Peace Corps at 63 and she's now traveling around the U.S., in her trailer, just living on the road, and she shares her story, and we talk about a lot of common themes that apply to any age, and there's some powerful things covered in this show. We talk about limiting beliefs, you know? It's a good question to think about quite often. Are we harboring any limiting beliefs, any that are hanging out that might be preventing us from doing the things we want to do? We talk about finding your purpose in life. I know Kathleen's work is concentrated on helping people find a purposeful second half of their lives. But again, these are universal themes that apply uh, for anybody at any age. So we dig into a lot of these big important themes and a lot of interesting perspectives coming out of this show that I know you're going to carry with you. It might just get you thinking in a different way or reassessing, I don't know, where you're at right now with your travel goals or life or whatever. I mean, it certainly did that for me, and I look forward to sharing this conversation with you and seeing what comes out of it for you. Plus, you know, some other fun things going on, of course. Uh, I've got a travel trend that's happening uh, that I've noticed during this cold COVID time that's really pissing me off. This travel trend is just pissing me off. I want to share a little bit of a rant with you on that. A shout out to somebody in this listening community and so much more. It's all happening right now. So buckle up, strap in, enjoy a little bit of you time. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Hard to believe... It's that time of year, but I just picked up two pumpkins for a carving, and they were heavy. There was only two left at the store. Long story short, I'm living in a place in Oslo where I have to go up a really big hill to get home, 
and I do not own a car. So uh, it was all about pushing two kids in a double stroller with two pumpkins underneath. So there's a, a good visual image for you <laughs> to let you know what I was doing before sitting down to record this podcast. Now my the burn has gone from my legs. I'm settled in and got the mic on talking to you, which is always one of my favorite parts of any day or any week getting to host this podcast. Thank you, my friend. You make it possible. You do because you're listening right now. This is a community-powered show and you are in charge. I just get to host this sucker. So I do want to remind you that if there's something specific you want me to cover, please get in touch, jason at zerototravel.com and share your story, you know, and some people have been taking me up on that pretty recently. I know I got an email from Bailey out there in listening community, wants me to bring on somebody that's an expert on studying abroad. So I reached out to somebody I knew of and they're coming on the show. So listen, I'm here for you. I mean it. So when you send me these emails, I listen, I put them in my notes, I read them all. And uh, if you have any guests or subjects you want me to cover, let me know. And of course, I've been listening to some of the audio files that you all have been sending me. I've got one to share with you later in this episode from somebody out there who was rocking down I-76 going west, I believe, and uh, in the USA. And it was great to hear the sounds of the car as they were recording. So I'll share that little snippet with you later on. Of course, got a ton in this show, as I discussed at the top. There are a lot of big, important, universal themes that we cover in today's show. And one of them, one of the central ones, uh, comes back to this idea of limiting beliefs, right? I think at any point in our lives, we can be harboring some limiting beliefs that might be holding us back, either consciously or subconsciously. And I don't know. It's just something to be aware of. Are we uh, embracing any limiting beliefs right now that might be holding us back from the things we want to do? And, uh, you know, a powerful question I always like to ask myself if uh, any any limiting beliefs come up, if it's that, you know, that chattering a part of your brain that's trying to protect you, that's kind of trying to talk you out of doing quote-unquote risky things, might kind of interject some statements or some questions that make you second-guess yourself or the things you want to do. Uh, it might even be a naysayer inside your head, right? And then you can always ask yourself this question. Is that really true? You know? Is it really true? If I quit my job and travel... And I'm telling myself, uh, I'm never going to be able to get another job again, as good as this one. And that's the thing that's stopping me from quitting my job to travel. You could just ask yourself, is that really true? Is that a true statement? Of course it's not. We have no way to prove that. Uh, and that's why that's a powerful question to ask yourself and as a reminder. So that's one way to break some limiting beliefs, just a little trick that helps me kind of get into the right mindset. It's good to kind of revisit the things that we're thinking about are our potential life purpose, uh, maybe some of our limiting beliefs and, you know, kind of course correct in a way as we go along in life. So it was fun to discuss some of these themes with uh, somebody who's been around and done a lot of different things in their lives. And my guest today, uh, Kathleen Sinclair, you're really going to enjoy our conversation. And on the backside of that conversation, I am going to 
share this community shout out, but also talk a little bit about a, a COVID travel trend that's getting me a little angry right now. I'm going to go a little uh, off the deep end. No, not really. It's <laughs> something that's kind of uh, a bit annoying in the travel world that's happening right now. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but uh, anyway, I'll talk about that after the interview. Now, let's get into the interview portion, and I will see you on the other side, my friend. All right, I am here and excited to be talking virtually with Kathleen Sinclair, whose motto is to quote unquote, challenge the hell out of aging. One big way she does it is through travel adventures. And I'm excited to talk to you today and share our conversation. Kathleen, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Ooh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Yes. And uh, if anybody wants to check out your work, by the way, uh, they could just go to KathleenSinclair.com. And, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of frame up this conversation first because we're going to talk about you kind of specialize in travel for over 55, kind of saying like, hey, you know, basically you're not you're not too old to to get out there and do things. Right. And I think um, just to kind of include everybody in, in, in this uh conversation because this whole idea can kind of apply to everybody at any age for different limiting beliefs, right? It's like young people might say, oh, I'm too young to try this, or I don't have enough experience, or middle-aged people might say, oh, you know, it's too late for me. Like, I'm already this far up to the career ladder. I can't change careers now, you know, as an example. I missed my chance. You know, older people might say, uh, hey, you know, I the same thing. Like, I, I, I missed the boat, or I'm too old to do that, or, you know, I, my my. I can't physically do that, whatever the case. Yeah, I just thought it would be important to kind of frame it up there. And, and I, I know you're kind of focused on one sort of demographic with, with your group, but I think a lot of this comes back to, like I said before, limiting beliefs. So, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts around, yeah, some of the limiting beliefs that you encounter with your audience or like, actually, we should start with yourself, right? Were you like, was this something that you struggled with at some point? Like, Well, I just... Um I think that particularly um, a group of women, women that are older tend to have limiting beliefs because they were young at a time when they just did whatever the husband did. They might not have worked and so on. So I find a lot of older women say, oh, I can't, Kathleen, I'm not strong enough or I'm afraid or, you know, so they do. They block themselves. And like you said, it's a mindset thing. It's definitely a mindset. Um, I started traveling on my own when I was 20. And so I think that the sooner you travel on your own, the sooner you are comfortable with it. But if you don't, you like you were talking on one of the podcasts I was listening to, people have a lot of fears. They read the stuff in the paper. They're worried that something bad is going to happen, that the people aren't nice. And like you said... There are really good people everywhere. And I find that that particularly true for someone my age. I can't have a problem for more than 30 seconds before somebody is there wanting to know if they can assist me in some way. Particularly, you know, I drive a little caravan, a little 17-foot caravan. And so that's my home. And, and so I absolutely agree that it is a mindset thing. And you're right. I don't think it has to do with 
age in particular. I don't. We can only generalize so much, right? Like it, like the example you gave might have been somebody that maybe didn't have the experience of traveling on their own when they were 20. Maybe they had thought about traveling their whole life, but never had really done it on their own before. Mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. that can become even, I mean, the idea of it can almost be mythical in proportion, you know, like, oh my exactly. gosh, like this now is building up over decades. Like, how could I do this now? But again, like, I think a version of this can apply to a lot of different people. You said a caravan. I mean, what, what you're referring to is this trailer that you pull. Yes. Ma- yes. Maple is her name. Yes, right? Maple. Yes, Maple. I got her in Quebec. <laughs> so is that a new form of travel for you? Let's talk about the experience just traveling around as a, forget the age, just as a human being in a, in a little trailer cruising around I, and living in it. I had, um, I'd been living in Mexico for three years and I had often, and I wanted to, I'd often wanted to travel around in a little vehicle. Now I owned a Subaru Outback and they are not, they can tow 3000 pounds max. And that means you barely can move. So I didn't want to switch cars to some big, big, huge SUV just for me. So I looked around for a a small caravan that I could tow with my moderate-sized SUV, my Subaru Outback. And there's one made in Canada, and it's just so, so freaking cute. So it looks like a teardrop when you're traveling with it. It's 17 feet long. It looks like a little teardrop, but then when you park it, it lifts up. You push a button, and it lifts up, so it's much taller. And so that's, I went, I just bought it sight unseen. I looked online, I read about it. I talked to some dealers about it. You can't get it in the United States. Um, Their wait list is months, months ahead, but they had one on the lot they had used for a demo. And I said, I'll take it, I'll take it. And so I drove up to Canada. I left Mexico and I drove up to Canada last July and I picked it up. So I've been traveling since for a year. I've been traveling for a year in this little guy. And uh, that's, that's what I do. Where were you living in Mexico? I lived in uh, the state of Jalisco, which is in the middle of Mexico, in a little village called Ajijic. It's on Lake Chapala, which is a large freshwater lake. And that's where I lived, in a little village. How did you end up there? Oh, Lord. I visited there in 2003 with a friend. She had two friends who had retired there. And so we went to see them, and then it just sort of floated in and out of my memory. And then I traveled the world for in 2015, and I ended up there doing a house sit. And I thought, you know, I really, I really like this. So in 2016, I moved there, and um, just just sold everything and and moved there, and and lived there for three years. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, I really like this. I'm just going to sell everything and move there. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, honey, I know. We don't have all all day, so you and I'll talk later. But basically, you know, you go through a bunch of stuff. And I had become a minimalist anyway, so it wasn't difficult for me to just say, okay, I'm going, and just drive off in my in my SUV, you know, in my uh, Outback. So, uh, plus, this is an artist colony. Boatloads, too damn many boatloads of expats live there, and it's um, – you know, it's a small village, about 10,000 people, but I think with all the Canadians, Americans, and Germans, and everybody, I think there's probably 20,000 people there. So it's don't think it's some kind of, it's in the mountains, 7,000 feet, but um, 
it's just uh, it was just a lovely place to be for a while hmm. for me. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to have to talk about all this now because I got I got to hear about your life and, and your, your story, of course. I mean, this is all feeding into, I'm sure, what you're doing now. Let's get into it. Let's dive into your uh to your life. I mean, what? Okay, sweet. Well, what happened was, well, yeah, let what me happened? Just you what kind happened? of alluded to something, but then, <laughs> like, yeah, we can't just gloss over that, you know. I decided that. Um, I mean, sort of, you know, one of the things I found out in talking to people, I went in the Peace Corps when I was sixty, and um, and I just, I just have traveled around and talked to people. Is that people reach a certain age and they still have boatloads to offer they have they're they're they've got a lot of intelligence they've got a lot of skills they have a a lot of experience and they don't know what the hell's to do with this word called retirement and so they've and so i've been i looked and looked and tried to figure it out and that was one of the reasons i wanted the little caravan to go around and keep talking to people but i decided to write a book about it and what i what i've discovered is that people need to find a purpose for the second half of their life. So like, for example, the title of my book is Ready, Set, Go, How to Live a Brilliant, Kick-Ass Second Half of Your Life. And I really feel that that particular demographic, which will be 20% of the people over, will be over 60 in a couple of years, that's just a load of people, Jason, that have a lot to offer and it's not being taken advantage of. And so, do you have an aura ring? Oh. Uh, well, maybe. Does it have an aura around it? This is my wedding ring. I don't know. Oh, it's the wedding ring. Because yeah. mine, oh, okay, I just know it. Sorry, excuse us. <laughs> we um, have matching rings? Matching rings. <laughs> mine takes care of your all your sleep, and it it's checking your body all the time and gives you uh, feedback. Anyway, so I, I thought, you know, it's really important for me to find these people and let these people know that life is freaking brilliant in the second half of your life, that there is no reason to not look forward to, to living over a hundred and being active and being creative and giving back. And so that's really my message. And traveling around in the little caravan allows me to time to write. I'm writing the book, allows me time to talk to people, to write, to reflect to live, to be, you know, challenge aging as I'm going along. And so it all just fits in this nice little package. And that's what I'm doing, sweetie. That's what I'm doing right now. It's a big reason I wanted to have you on the podcast because I appreciate that you're putting yourself out there in that way. And I think that it's an important message that needs to be heard by some people, I'm sure, listening. And it's, you know, it's frankly, it's a reminder, I think, for everybody. It's always good to, at any stage in life, kind of like make sure you're... uh, I'm going through this a little bit right now, like just trying to like make sure I I more can articulate what my purpose is. I mean, you're always changing as a human being, oh, right? Absolutely. So every day, you know, you, you mentioned going to the Peace Corps when you were 60. I mean, that, that sounds like an incredible experience. I want to hear more about that. But um, like even before that, had you always kind of lived your life with purpose and kind of like gone after the things that were important to you in this way or or was that is that more of like an awakening you've had later on in life? I mean, I'm not sure what you did before all this or the one of the things that happened to me when I was when I was uh, 25 is my dad died and um, he'd been sick for a while and he really had not been healthy, heavy, heavy smoker. But anyway, 
uh, I went to the hospital, pick up his things and, and they brought out this brown paper bag and it just struck me how absurd it was that this brown paper bag was my dad. And I thought I, I didn't really know him. I never knew what his hopes were, his dreams were. I never knew if he even had any. I was so wrapped up in myself that I didn't take the time to question that. And then, and I, and, but I also was, I was just really angry with myself, but I also made up my mind then that I would not live my life like that. I would not live my life. I, I can't tell you one thing he did to contribute to the world other than maybe having the kids, you know, I, he just, he didn't enjoy life. He was very negative. He was very racist and he was a difficult person to be around. He was an alcoholic. He drank a lot and, you know, hit us a lot. And so, but he was my dad. And so I made up my mind then that I would not get to be older and not live a good life. But I didn't realize at the time that I needed a purpose for living in the second half of my life. So, you know, when you grow up, you're born, your purpose is to be a kid, somebody's teaching you to walk, somebody's, and then you go to school for 12 years, and then maybe you go to school some more, maybe you get a job, and your purpose might be to have your family or have your career or have whatever, but then you reach a certain point and you go, okay, now what? And so it's a, like you said, it's really important to reevaluate where you are and where you want to be. And some people don't know how to find their purpose. Some people don't know what their purpose might be. And that's what I'm going over in the book of ways to do that and things to do. And so that's really what's been driving me um, from when I reached about 60. And before then, I swear to God, Jason, I never had a purpose. I was just living life day to day, raising the kids, doing stuff, working, getting divorced, getting married. You know what I mean? I didn't, I can't say that I had, this is my driving purpose. I never thought about it until I was older. Yeah. I didn't. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan 
Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Well, around when did you start thinking about it? I think I started um, when I was 60, I decided I needed to start talking to people, but I will swear to you, I mean, this is, I don't even want to admit this. I don't think I figured out what my purpose was until I was 70 years old, you know, and I really, I, I, I just didn't. And then I really, I realized that my purpose is to reach people who are 55 or older and have them find their purpose and realize that they have so much to offer the world. So that's really my purpose. And that's what I'm doing. I go around, I'm, I wrote a course, I'm writing this book. I I would be speaking, but you know where that is right now. It's not happening just like the travel industry isn't happening. And um, so, but there's ways to talk to people like you and I are talking I mean, I don't know what your demographic is. I think it's probably younger. And yet they have parents. They have relatives that are older that they might pass this information on or talk to them about it. So I think travel is a way that you can connect to people all over the world. And that's one of the reasons I I like traveling so much is that that's that those are the times when I have been awakened to a lot of possibility is when I'm talking to people from other places. And you probably experienced that too. Oh, sure. I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's eye opening on so many levels. And uh, I think it, it's funny because, you know, there's so much about traveling that's like external, right? It's like, where are you in the world? What's the culture like? You know, what, what language, what kind of food, you know, all of these external things, but it's, and then, your external world is perceived how you perceive it internally, right? So then it's like, well, what kind of impact is seeing all this and having these interactions making on me internally as a as a human being? It, maybe it's maybe it's reminding you of certain values. Maybe it's realigning your values. Um, maybe it's just blowing your mind and changing everything, you know, which is like probably usually a combination of all those things and more. There shouldn't be a time limit on having that experience, for yourself, right? Right. No matter what Absolutely. you've been through. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I consider Portland my home. Okay. And so do you not have any base now? I have uh, no base right now. I don't own anything except my little caravan. I don't have a base. Right now, personally, where you're seeing me is I, um, I'm talking to you know, at my daughter's house. She lives in South Carolina and moving next week to Florida. So I am, that's where I am talking to you now. And, um, I have another daughter in Texas, so I visited her, but mostly I stay in in campgrounds or RV parks. That's (laughs) where I stay. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's still going okay, even with the COVID and everything? Like you're still Well, like to- you, it, you know, things are shut down. Yes, you can stay there. And, um, and they may have a restroom open. They may not, but nothing else is really open. The office, the store, the little activities, all the stuff they do. I personally prefer state or parks. I, I prefer those. They're usually wooded. They're tree. The, the places you stay are large. Um, it's just a different atmosphere than trying to get everybody really close together so you can make a lot of money in an RV park. And just that's just the way I am with it. I um, um, I just find that um, I love I love camping in state parks, national parks, things like that. And so, but listen, I I've stayed at campgrounds of America. I've stayed in RV parks that mom and dad, you know, mom and pops own. I, it it and everybody is really nice. So I'm not against it. It's just me. I like being out in nature a lot. What What do your kids think of your lifestyle now? It's so funny about people and their kids. They say, "Well, did you? What do your kids think?" I never ask my kids, dear. I I just do what I want to do. If they like it, fine. If they don't, fine. But they they're very they're sort of fascinated by it. They think it's really interesting. They think their mom is a little bit weird. And I adopted my kids when I was in my early 40s. So my kids are just in their early 30s now. And um, so, no, they're, they just seem fine with it. It's, I think they feel, Jason, like mom's going to do what she does. You know, that's what mom's going to do. And I'm always there for them and they know that. So uh, what I do is, is just, you know, fine with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, no matter how old you are, I mean, you... You know, your mom's still your mom. And it's like, you can never know what kind of impact you're still having on them, even though you might think, you know, on the surface, but there might be some things going on down there underneath, you know, I wanted to ask you, cause you grew up in the States. Why do you think it is in American culture that older people generally don't get really a lot of respect compared to like younger people? It seems like it's a very youth oriented culture in my experience. I'm speaking very generally. But it, it just seemed like the culture idolizes the youth, unlike other cultures where like, it's, you know, kind of the elders are getting all of the, the respect and the recognition of like, oh, hey, you've been through a lot of things and, and you know, you have a lot to offer, um, which is exactly what you're trying to preach. You're like trying to let people know, hey, reminder here, not sure if you got the memo, but you got a lot of experience and uh, life experience and skills to offer the world. But why, why do you think that is? Do you agree with that? I mean, is that am I wrong? I, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I and I'm trying to think of a of a something I can explain to you about it. It's absolutely in other cultures, the elderly are respected and revered and taken care of, where that is not true here. I do think that the more we we have people from other countries moving to the United States. That changes a little bit because I know a lot of my Hispanic friends, they still feel that way about their uh, their grandparents. They still feel really, really special about their grandparents. They hold them in high respect, but in other cultures will too. However, I think that we, I think it has to do with, in a way, our work ethic. So when we reach a certain age, maybe maybe we graduate from college or something, 
we start to work and we work our asses off for a, a huge number of years. So I think the thing that switched is that you think, okay, then we have to, because in France, for example, friend in France, the kids, they wear their little uniforms. They go to school, same in Japan and so on. They wear the uniforms, they go to school, they learn, and they are right in line, you know, all the time. And they're perfect. They don't speak out of turn or anything. Whereas when they get older, they kind of slouch around, they work 35 hours, life's a little bit easier. Whereas with us, we tend to spoil the kids because we know when they get older, they are going to work their ass off. And I think that's what comes is then it, it filters through after the war. There were a lot of baby boomers. There were a lot of these kids born and they were spoiled. And I think then they grew into adults that felt entitled and didn't see the respect of the past and didn't see the respect of uh, their elders. And so I think it's taken, I think it's started to switch in the 50s. Then we had the crazy 60s, you know, where everybody was anti-Vietnam and the I wore the black armband. I marched. I, I was very much against that war. I was very much against the government. And then I think that what continues then is a, um, in that particular, in the 60s, we did not like the elder people at all. We felt that their whole value system of getting in Vietnam was wrong. And so it might have started in the 60s and then just keeps developing but it is a really, really good question, Jason, and I don't know that I have a pat answer, but I think it's probably started happening after World War II. Yeah. I mean, you can see how what you just described could be the same for the youth now. You know, I mean, look what's happening, and this isn't a political podcast, so we don't need to get into all that, but you could see how they're like, well, what's wrong with these people? How is this? Look at all these people running the show, you know? Um, so uh, the same way you felt in the 60s, <laughs> you know, that can be justified too. So there's a lot of complexities around this. I, I didn't expect a, a snappy answer because it's not there. Like you said, there isn't one. Anything that's embedded in the culture in any way is always going to have a nuanced series of uh, maybe answers. Absolutely. Or, it's not It's not black or white, you know? No. <sighs> yeah. Uh, like, let's talk about purpose because you know it seems like you've taken a lot of time not only for yourself to f sort of define your purpose and have a mission for this part of your life but again i think that can apply to any stage and it sounds like in your book you help walk people through the process of uh kind of maybe reassessing or finding their purpose do you can you give us some advice or maybe not even advice maybe some specific you know strategies on how to go about doing that I think what you need to do, yes, I can, dear, a few. We don't have all that time, but you need to go back to some things that you really are curious about. And and curious, um, I mean that you're willing to spend a weekend looking into and um, uh, curious maybe about um, the plastic in the ocean, curious about how one of the things I'm curious about, which is so strange, is um, what goes on in the cocoon of a butterfly when it changes from the caterpillar to the butterfly? You know, I just, I just, it just fascinates me that this little thing can happen, wrap itself up, and pretty soon it's out. And so 
if there are things that you are curious about, write those down, maybe 25 of them that you would be willing to spend a weekend listening to a YouTube, going to the bookstore, looking at some books, reading a couple of articles, and then you will find out if you're if it's just a passing interest or if it's something you're really interested in. And then you you look at um unfortunately what happens with people is when they're when they grow up, when they're first born everything's fine, but when they grow up they get a lot of don't do that. You shouldn't do that. That's not okay. Stop that. And so people shut down their their creativity and their curiosity. And over time, they are kind of a representation of what other people, the world, they, adults, church members, teachers think they should be. And so they really need to look back and see who they are and get in touch with themselves and figure and go back before anybody started saying anything to them and figure out what kinds of things they wanted to do and what kinds of things they like to do and what kinds of things made them feel good. And, you know, purpose usually means you're helping others. You're doing something that is beneficial for others. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to, my purpose is to make a lot of money and get a motorcycle, a yacht and a new house. No, purpose usually is something that's bigger than you and something that you don't even know if it can happen in your lifetime and that you you just it's so important that it wakes you up in the morning you know and you go to bed thinking about it and so that's the kind of thing that i i but that i recommend people do and that's really takes time you got to think about about everything and then you have to look at all the systems of your life like what, how do you, what, how is your intellectual life? How's your social life? How's your spiritual life? How's, how's all of your levels of different things in your life? And you need to take notes and look at this, you know, and uh, then you, how do I want it to be? This is how it is now. How do I want my relationships to be with my family or with my friends or with myself or, you know, people who are religious, they're with God. So, you need to look at all of your systems of your life and you need to see where you are now and where you want to be. And then how do you get there? You know, how do you get there? Uh, And be gentle with yourself, you know, be very kind to yourself. People are so, they beat up on themselves a lot and that's not okay. It's so important you know, what you were just describing that process, whatever process you undertake. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like I think, Essentially, what you're saying is, I mean, you you just laid out a framework for it, but like in order for any framework to work, you have to create that space for yourself, right? And I think it's so easy for everyday life to kind of just consume you, you know, you got your errands, you got your, you know, you got to do your shopping, you got your friends to meet up with and this, that, and the other, that it can be very difficult to take time to, you know, go to a cafe and like have a bunch of questions that you're asking yourself about yourself and saying, all right, what, what is my purpose or what are some of the things 
that I would consider to be my purpose. Do do I even have to have a purpose? Maybe I just have a core set of values. What are they? Um, Is it too much pressure to have a purpose? You know, that's the other thing. Like, do you have to have a purpose? I I couldn't summarize what my purpose is. I, I can kind of, this is one of the things I want to do is have written down a little bit more uh, like concrete writing what my core values and my purpose or some of my purposes are because I think that's just helpful for me to, like you said, to know where you're going. But why is it so hard to like create that space for yourself? Is it just because, is it because like we're so busy or is it just because we are too scared to, not scared to make the time, but just, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> I, I kind of think, you know, just like you said though, the days can be taken up with mundane crap so easily. And I I think that it's very scary for one thing. And that I don't mean scary like, oh, the boogeyman's coming out from under the bed. I just mean <laughs> confronting yourself to realize that, listen, maybe I do have something of value to offer. But people are afraid of rejection. They're afraid of change. They're afraid of being criticized. They're afraid of uh, people not thinking well of them. And you can so how, go on how do you get on. over those fears? I mean, have you had to tackle some of those fears yourself? Like what? I think that, um, yes, I think that you need to have fear as your friend. I think you need to walk with fear. I need you to lean into fear. I need you to thank fear because truly when you have this scared out of you that is when you grow you know that is when you can move forward and you and those those deep questions do bunk you on the head so you say to yourself okay if i what is it that i think is important in being human is being human mean just uh being a parasite on the earth Does being human mean making the earth a better place when you're not here anymore? Does being human mean doing your best all the time? So you need to figure out um, exactly, well, not even exactly, because it doesn't happen. You figure it all out. It's a lifetime process. But like you said, by writing things down, I think writing things down it can somehow be a little clearer and you can do it on your computer. That's fine. It doesn't have to be by hand, but I can between Christmas and new years uh, for that week, I go through all of my things that, that I want to get done in all the categories of my life. And I look at what I've accomplished and what I haven't done yet. I set for what I'm going to do in three months and in six months, a week, a day. And you just decide who you are now, start with wherever you are, and who you want to be. And then how do you get there? And um, I think you have to care enough. I'm not sure um, if it is a, I think everybody's capable of it. It's not that. I am not sure if a lot of people even care, though. You know, I don't know if they care enough. And I don't know what that's about. But I, I'm not going to be critical of anyone. I think that people need to do what they're going to do, and um, I'm supportive of it. But for well, me, I think, I, uh, I think uncertainty is, uh, or the unknown is, is always scary, right? Like if you're going to sell all your stuff to travel, or you know, you you lived in Mexico and then, uh, you know, you 
it was at first it was an unknown and then it became a known. Then you got comfortable and then you talked about well leaving there and just living in a trailer and that then that's the unknown and then there's like a new set of fears right. The more you do take bold action towards things you want to do or like ways you want to live, you get past the fears and do it anyway, or you act in spite of fear, or whatever the case is, or you get over it somehow. You push through and just do the thing. That that builds like a muscle that. Get, I think gets stronger and stronger. So then the next thing doesn't mean there aren't fears associated with all these big things, but you still do them, even though it's scary. <laughs> I, I think it's true. You do. You just do them, Jason. And I don't know what it takes. I think bit by bit, I, you asked me about criticism. Yes. I, I think that there's a lot of people that are critical, but here's my philosophy on it. What people think is their business. It's not my business. They can think whatever they damn well feel like, and I can't stop them from thinking it, but it's their business. And so I don't let it really affect me. I go, okay, fine. That's what you think. Great. And so if you have a niggling, if all of a sudden it makes you feel like crap because of what they said, then there's something going on with you. But if, and then you need to figure that out and and shift that. So if they say, well, you know, you just as stupid so-and-so, well, if you are fine, but if you're not, just say thanks for sharing and you just let it go. Um, you know, there are, there's always going to be critics, right? I mean, there's going to be people critical all the time. And I think with the internet and with social media, people have decided that they can just say whatever they want and be as critical as they feel like to a lot of people. And I think it's very hurtful and I don't think it moves things forward very well. You have to filter in with intention. I'd Absolutely. Say. What, what do you find is the hardest thing for you to do right now? I have a thing with procrastination. And so the most difficult for th- thing for me to do right now is to um, uh, set up my day in a way that filters out things that allow me to procrastinate. And so I will tell you, I mean, the dust on the table will take my mind away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I will let anything procrastinate. But I also then, on the other hand, what I do is I set up things I want to get done for the day, whether it's I want to write 250 words for the book or I want to write a blog article or whatever that is. So I try not to go to bed before my little list is is figured out. But a procrastination is just a constant thing hanging on my shoulder. And, And so... I, um, I keep saying, oh, well, if it's this way, or, or I need to be in this situation, or that's why I went to the trailer, because nobody could reach me, you know, so I could just be there and write and nobody could reach me. And so um, it's a it's an interesting concept. I, I'm not afraid of very much. Uh, give me an example. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just not afraid of very much. What was your career up until you know joining the peace corps and things like that did you have one career did you have many no, careers many 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 careers many careers and so I, I i know the truth is i never had a career i had jobs so i didn't have a career until i got divorced and then i became a teacher so if that's a career i was a teacher for a short time And um, then I realized that I didn't like teaching a curriculum. I really wanted to teach the kids. But for some reason, they wanted me just to teach the damn curriculum and they didn't care about the kids. And that bothered me a lot. 
So um, I ended up teaching adults at community college. That was better. And then in the Peace Corps, I taught at a university. So that was okay. But um, uh, so, no, I just had different kinds of jobs. I did for quite a few years, I did clinical cancer research. I worked with an oncologist and that was most interesting. But other than that, I just did different things, dear. I mean, I was a waitress. You know how it is. You just do things. It just, I just had different kinds of jobs. I worked bakery once. I did all kinds of weird things. So um, I didn't have one career where I was just focused on that. And, um, and that's what I did. And I don't think people do that anymore. Young people don't. They seem to move around every three, four years. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago, and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Yeah, um, it's, it's certainly a different world in that way. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Do you have any specific advice you would give to somebody who's like, let's say it seems like a pivotal moment for you was uh, that point when you were 25 and you had these realizations after your father died and that was maybe the beginning of some kind of new thing, you know, for anybody that's looking to change or looking to, I I don't want to say change, but like um, maybe to embrace some kind of inner calling that's, you know, I've had that feeling in the past where it's like, ah, I know, I, I know I'm like supposed to be doing something else like pretty soon or like maybe even now, but I don't know exactly what that is you know, that's a process trying to figure that out. But I mean, do you have any uh, advice you want to share to people? I guess it would be a good time now to uh, drop some knowledge on us. (laughs) I'm not going to recommend anybody, but I do think that there are personal development courses out there and organizations that can offer you um, classes that allow you to ask yourself those questions in a not real expensive way, sometimes free. So 
if you need help with it, get help with it. Read books on, uh, I think it's personal growth and personal development is what they're trying to figure out. And then once they do that, they can figure out if they want to be an entrepreneur or if they want to do something in the way of um, helping people in another way, uh, setting up a nonprofit or doing whatever. So I would definitely suggest that people look into personal development courses or personal development books and see, and most of them are just piles of crap. And so pretty soon they'll realize, wow, I really already know this. I know this. Well, why aren't I doing this? Well, I I can do this. They will realize that they know a lot more than they thought they knew. But the other thing, just tying in with your show, I can't think of anything better than traveling and um, seeing, I don't know, you like, you know, we're not doing that right now, but you talked about traveling within the United States. I think that if you have an awareness, if your awareness shifts, sometimes we go around and we really live a non-conscious life. We're just going through life. But if you just stop and you're aware of what's going on and what you think and so on, like this, um, you know, not political stuff, but the anti-racism things, you just have to see where are you with certain things and where are you with what you want to do and be in the future. Or even if you're 20 years old, how do you want to be? How do you want to be in your relationship with yourself, your parents, your school, whatever you're doing, your job? And also, I recommend turning off the TV news. And I just recommend a lot of meditation and a gratitude journal and um, learning how to breathe and eating right. I don't know. I just think you need to set yourself up to be the best you can be at any one time, you know? Yeah, definitely one of the ways to get there is to just ask yourself the right questions. And again, go back to that idea of giving yourself some space to answer them. You know, that's that's the easiest time to shut down, right? Like you're trying to make a big decision in life. Like, should I quit my job to uh, buy, a, buy a camper and travel around? Okay, like, well, let me just not like spend an hour like seriously thinking about that. I'll just daydream about it, but I won't like because it's just it's too overwhelming. I'll 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 get to that tomorrow or next week. And um, you know, I found that you know these bigger decisions in life they they really need a bit of space and consideration, and then um and then of course followed by action taking. Um, Absolutely, action which can be the yeah. hardest part. And the other thing too is be careful who you talk to about it. There are a lot of people that will want to pull you down. And so when you want to share this, make sure that who you might want to talk to about it is the right person. Get the support. Yeah. yeah Haters be hating, Kathleen. Yeah. Haters be hating. Let's talk a little travel. I mean, what okay. uh what are some of your uh sort of hidden gems? I try to go the back roads. I can do it with my little my little caravan. So I think that anytime, say you're going down, uh, well, on the on the east side of the United States is 95, and on the west coast it's five. You're going from Canada down through California, or you're going from Canada down through Florida. So what you would do is get off the damn freeway, and then I think you can see the hidden gems. And then also, um, 
I mean, I'm such a nature lover that um, I love to go on hikes. I love to, when I was in Florida, I wanted to see the manatees. I, I, so wherever I am, I'm trying to figure out a way to connect me to nature. So going down the coast from, from Oregon down through, down to San Diego, I wanted to see, I'm a birder. So of course I wanted to do, be birding, but I, there are a lot of little nature preserves and those are things that I think are so important that people pop into and see. And then those small towns do not eat in a named restaurant. You can just get off the highway a little bit and find a local little restaurant place to eat uh, that's just so much better. And you can talk to people and it's just really nice. So I would say mentally get off the road and physically get off the road and uh, go the back way. And, you know, uh, one of the things I thought we were going to talk about is being the difference between a traveler and a tourist. But the truth is that I think we all have to start out as tourists because we, we don't know enough. We don't know what we don't know, you know. And maybe you, you started traveling with your parents, but maybe you didn't. Maybe they d- couldn't take you anywhere. So then you started out as a, a, a young person going somewhere, maybe you went camping or so on. So just um, uh, if people can camp, I really recommend the tent, you know, the ground, the tent, the backpack, the whatever. Uh, I think it's just a fun, fun thing to do. And I don't remember what this statistic is. I think it's like, I don't know, I, I swear to God, it's 90%. If you go two miles down a trail, 90% of the people will only go those two miles. So once you get past that two-mile mark, you are basically by yourself. And um, so if you can do that, that's that's a great thing to do. And um, um, I don't recommend going to any kind of national parks in the summer. I just think they're so crowded. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Oh, especially so, now. Yeah, it's it's really blowing up. The spring up. and the fall are really nice. And um, it's just the summer because we based in the United States, the kids were out of school in summer. So people took vacations in summer. It didn't matter how hot it was or how many bugs there were or how crowded it was. That was the only time you had, you know. And so that's that was summer. But yeah. um Avoid the high season. Basically, all great general advice. Season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's uh, get off the damn road, right? Yeah. Get off the damn highway, I mean. Essentially, you know, embrace some more of the, the slow travel. You know, don't be slow in a rush Slow travel, there. the local people, the local restaurants, the yeah, local stuff. Yeah. Thanks for your time today. Oh, I you're welcome. I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I, I, it's really admirable that you are you know, pushing so hard to get your message out there. I know it's not yeah. an easy thing to do at any age, you know, really. It's, oh, like it's, it's a it's a big effort to get to have a message and to believe in it and then to put it out there. So, you know, you're doing that and you've done it today. So I appreciate your time and we can check you out, of course. Uh, yeah, any anywhere. I mean, we got your website, KathleenStClair.com. Uh, that's where I guess everybody can get links to your books and things like that from there. Yes, dude, that's the best yeah. place. Yeah, cool. Thanks for so much for your time. Thank you, Jason. Talk to you later, dear. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. There you have it, my conversation with Kathleen. Thank you for taking time to listen to it. And I want to thank her for her time 
and contributing to this show and a lot to think about, you know, coming out of that conversation. And this is heavy stuff or can be talking about your life purpose and, you know, maybe limiting beliefs and uh, different ways you might want to impact the world or, you know, impact your yourself and the people around you. And, you know, the only way to kind of do that, in my experience, is to create an awareness around uh, where you're at right now, where you might want to be or some of the things you're considering and to ask these tough questions to yourself, right? To pay attention to this stuff. Hey, you know, my purpose might be shifting or maybe you feel internally there's been a, a shift in your purpose in some way and you're not sure exactly what that is. You know, what does that mean to you? What is uh, what is maybe uh, something that you've been doing for a while now you're ready to shift uh, gears and do something else or change tracks? How do you realign yourself with a with a new purpose and move forward and uh, just good things to always consider I feel you know it's not like I want to sit back and have an existential crisis every day right I like to go out and enjoy my day and live my life but I also like to pay attention to these bigger questions and revisit them quite often because it helps me stay on track and stay positive and and kind of, uh, you know, make sure I'm, uh, I don't know, doing things that uh, that matter to me and uh, hopefully maybe matter to to some people out there in the world in, uh, in my little circle of uh, whatever this life is that I'm living. And you're a part of that, my friend. I do have to say a huge thank you for dedicating any time at all to listening to this podcast. And some of you I know of... I've been around for a while and uh, I really appreciate each and every one of you have taken the time to listen and you are an active member of a beautiful community that's global and just know when you're listening to the show, you're joining many tens of thousands of people around the world who are also tuning in and uh, we're all part of this thing. We're all united by our love of travel and perhaps by a, a love of uh, a less conventional life or an unconventional life even. I don't know. There's something special about what's going on here. I feel it every time I pick up the mic and get to talk to you. And uh, I I do truly feel this is a two-way conversation. I like to make it that way. And I always invite you to reach out and share your two cents. Let me know what you're up to. Just introduce yourself. Say hi. Give me some feedback on the show. Leave a review or read it all. Uh, You can get in touch, Jason, at ZeroToTravel.com. Anytime you want to leave a five-star review. Uh, (laughs) I read all those and those really make my day as well. So if you've been listening for a while and you want to give back to the show in some way, that's always a nice way. It always helps uh, get the show out there a bit more as well. Yes. uh, Speaking of getting in touch, I have been encouraging you to open up the audio app on your phone and just record yourself. You know, whether it's asking a question, just sharing some thoughts, whatever. Uh, What a treat to open my email and to get some audio messages from you, which are starting to come in now. And I wanted to share one with you today from somebody who was rocking down the highway and was making me feel like I was sitting in the car with them uh, on a little road trip. Uh, I love to hear a little bit of audio from you out there on the road. So this is our community shout out today. A little clip from the highway. My name's Ken Tice. Um, my wife and I have been traveling for about 
four years now, of course, around both of our full-time jobs. Um, we're very much into traveling around the Caribbean, uh, St. Thomas, Jamaica, Dominican. Uh, we've been to Mexico, Costa Rica. Um, just love it. Um, but again, we're traveling around our full-time jobs, and that's why I'm here. Listening to your podcast has been really inspiring. Um, we have aspirations of ditching the nine-to-fives and starting our own photography and videography, video editing, freelance company, um, which we're starting to work on now. We have a YouTube channel that we started about a year ago. Um, of course, we some of our better travels we didn't record because we just didn't, you know, we didn't really know this type of thing existed. Um, as crazy as that may sound, but anyway, better late than never. So, again, we started a YouTube channel about a year ago. Um, Kenny and Nell, uh, it's N-E-L-L. If you're uh, bored sometime and interested, check us out. Um, not nearly as polished as uh, some other YouTubers, but we're getting there, and hopefully we can continue. Um, but, yeah, anyway, just wanted to reach out, tell you how much we love the podcast. Thanks, Ken. Awesome to hear from you out there on the road. Appreciate you taking the time to record a little something, send it my way. And if you're listening, I encourage you to do the same. Just take a moment, open up the voice app on your phone, send me a little message, jason at zero to travel.com. Would love to hear from you and maybe share your voice out here in the airwaves, on the podcast airwaves with uh, the listening community. I got to commend Ken and his wife just for going for it, right? I mean, they got the full-time jobs, but they're working on the YouTube station. They're just uh, trying to figure out the path forward and really think uh, one of the best ways to do that is to start a side hustle. If you're working full-time and you want to transition out of your full-time job into a life with more freedom, Starting a side hustle and growing it on the side while you're working your job and still generating income is, in my opinion, the best way to do it. And that's one of the things we teach. Actually, the big thing that we teach over at uh, Location Indie, if you go to locationindie.com, you can sign up over there if you want to get information specific to building a location-independent business and creating a job that allows you to travel more. I'm the co-founder of a community there and we have a whole coaching program and a whole bunch of stuff going on over there that is specifically helping people who are working nine to five who want to create a side hustle so they can eventually lead their jobs. We're not telling anybody to quit their jobs right away. We're just helping you start a side hustle so you can create a path forward to do that. So sign up over at locationindie.com. And I have a podcast of the same name I should mention. If you want more podcast stuff, uh, you should go check that out. I'm the co-host with my buddy Travis, who's the co-founder of that community over there. So just wanted to mention that stuff in case you hadn't heard about it before. Yeah, other projects going on. And would love to help you out and have you connect with the, the community over at Location Indie. Okay, before I let you go, a couple things. We're going to have to quote coming up, right? I got to leave you with a quote. That's uh, that's always something that leaves me with a good taste in my mouth to kind of read a, a nice, thoughtful quote. And uh, hopefully it does the same for you. If a quote can leave a taste in your mouth, then I'm going to give you one. <laughs> before we get to that, a quick... Oh, yeah, we got this other thing 
I got to tell you, this travel trend that's pissing me off, this COVID travel trend, uh, before we get into all that, a quick uh, one last thank you to homeexchange.com for supporting today's show. If you are someone who loves to save money on travel and you value having authentic travel experiences, living like a local and being a part of a thriving community of responsible travelers, then this is a service you absolutely need to know about. As I mentioned at the top, Home Exchange is a platform that unites a global community of people who exchange their homes easily, seamlessly, and without money changing hands. And when you join the community, you just create a profile, you get instant access to over 400,000 homes in 187 countries, and it's free to join. You only pay the annual fee when you make your first exchange, and you can get 10% off that annual fee by entering the promo code 010 when you check out. That means I sent you, they'll know I sent you, and uh, then you'll get 10% off. And make a note of that because you might not make your first home exchange right away. But if you're kind of planning your upcoming travels in the future, maybe uh, some of you aren't hitting the road yet because of everything that's going on, but you know one day you will be, it's never a bad idea just to get your profile set up. And then when you make that first exchange, just make a note of that promo code 010 so you can get the 10% off and let them know that you came from the Zero to Travel podcast. And uh, don't worry, you don't have to exchange your home at the same time on the same exact dates. That was one of the things that I kind of thought going in. It was a total myth because uh, Home Exchange has this amazing uh, guest points system that they've created where you can earn points for offering up your home and use them to uh, stay in other people's homes and you don't have to exchange at the same time. It's a really clever point system, really revolutionized the home exchange industry. So check them out. So many reasons why this is a great way to travel. Homeexchange.com. Thank you to them for supporting today's show. Now, what is the deal with, uh, with this COVID travel trend that I'm going to share with you? This is the second time I've seen an article on this. And uh, apparently, there are airlines out there doing these flights to nowhere where it's really just getting people on a plane to fly around, people that miss flying, that miss being on airplanes and miss traveling because of the pandemic. And, you know, they're flying around and landing back where they started. Now, you know, I miss the flying experience too. I haven't flown since the pandemic. Uh, I am actually traveling to Western Norway here in the country that I live in, in three weeks, or no, I'm sorry, a month from the time of this recording to record an EP with my band, which is really exciting, the band that I'm in. And we're going into a studio there. It's going to be a super fun experience. And that's in country. That'll be the first flight I get on since really since the pandemic hit. And I'm excited to travel and, you know, plan on following all the safety protocols and everything like that. And, you know, I'm going somewhere and getting on a plane to land in a destination. This idea of flights to nowhere kind of pisses me off because it's creating a pollution, right? And this is always a, a, a thing, right? If you want to be a more sustainable traveler, you know, anytime you get on a flight, you're contributing to the uh, the pollution, right? And, you know, I don't feel so great about that. I mean, I'm doing it in a few weeks. You know, I'm still like, well, is this something I have to do? You know, all these kind of ethical questions that come up. I don't want to contribute to climate change, but I still want to be a traveler. And we've talked about some of these things on the show. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I do feel like 
the benefits of travel that connect you to uh, culture and to society and to other people. You can take those experiences, and they, I, I feel like generally overall, if you're traveling in a way that's um, responsible, they can uh, make a great impact overall on the world. You can have that positive ripple that goes out into the world, right? In some way, it's really hard to measure. It's it's kind of an intangible part of travel. But this idea of a flight to nowhere, I mean, it, it's great to have the good feeling of being on the plane, but really, like, is it worth... I know, I know it can be small. I mean, I don't know how many of these flights are going per day. I should have done more research on this before I ranted. But, you know, even if it's one, is it really worth putting that pollution in the sky just to uh, kind of feel being on a plane again and not even having a destination in mind. I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me. I just wanted to put that out there. This idea of flights to nowhere, it's just kind of stupid. It's kind of dumb is what I'm saying. Come on. just I know airlines need business and everything, but why put the pollution in the sky not, to not even get anywhere? It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, I just wanted to... Um, to have a little rant. I don't really do many negative rants on the show, <laughs> but uh thought that one would be fun. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I don't know. You can drop me a line and let me know. Let's end on a positive note. I'm going to leave you with a quote on age, and as I was just pulling this quote up, my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Ellie, came into the room. Do you want to say hi? Hey. Hello. She's wearing her bunad, which is the traditional Norwegian outfit for special occasions, right? You look very nice, sweetheart. Hello. <laughs> Do you like to travel, Ellie? Yes. Yes, she likes to travel. She gets a little microphone shy. All right. Can I read these quotes? There's one from Oscar Wilde, which is um, pretty funny. It says, uh, quote, I am not young enough to know everything. Are you young enough to know everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was a great one. And uh, Mark Twain, who's always, I mean, the guy's just loaded with, uh, with classic quotes, right? Mark Twain said, wrinkles should merely indicate where the smiles have been. That's it. We can re-listen to this after this. I'm going to let these, uh, these folks listening to this go now. And I'm going to let you go about your day. And uh, Ellie and I are going to go play a game, right? We're going to go play Bananagrams, I guess, which is a cool game. Thanks for your time. Have a wonderful day. Smile. Take a chance today. Do something a little crazy. I don't know. If not now, then when, right? Take care, and I'll see you next time. Peace and love. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.